Turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 17. I love to preach out of the Old Testament. I love it, but the Lord usually, I'm a New Testament preacher, and the Lord sometimes will let me preach from the Old. 1 Kings, chapter number 17. 1 Kings 17. I'll let you find your place. I know that's early in the Bible there. It's about 422 in the Schofield Reference Edition, somewhere along in there. And uh, good to see you today in the house of God. Y'all seem to be a little quiet this morning. I'm always scared when it gets a little quiet. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll wake up here in just a minute. I was thinking about, I'm going to preach a little bit on sin this morning. I, I, I was thinking about the, uh, the preacher, he got in the pulpit and man, he preached on sin. He preached on the back, he preached on uh, drinking, he preached on gambling, he preached on adultery, he preached on tobacco. And there's a little lady sitting in the front, and she is amen and him, amen and him. And boy, she amen to every point. He got out on the porch, and she put her in a dip of skull. <laughs> and he said, I thought that you said amen when I preached on tobacco. She said, I thought you was talking about smoking, and she said, it sure is a sin to burn anything that tastes this good. <laughs> Let's begin reading. <laughs> In verse number one of 1 Kings 17, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite was of the inhabitants of Gilead, and said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth. And boy, let me tell you something. That same Lord still lives. Amen. Before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my Word. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for the blessings of God, the Word of God. Now open our hearts and help us just pay attention to the book today. Help us to get under the blood and have the book in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. As we open the book of uh, chapter 17 here of 1 Kings, we read the name of Elijah for the first time. First time his name's ever been mentioned. And Elijah steps out on the pages of Scripture, never having been mentioned before. His name was never there. And now, in just the next few chapters, his name is going to be mentioned 63 times. Elijah was one of the greatest men in the Bible. Elijah had the power of God to do miracles. Elijah had, to do the, had the power of God. And wonders were seen under his ministry. The first question I I ask is, where had Elijah been and why did all of a sudden God raise Elijah up? But, but the answer to this lies in the fact that the nation had gotten sinful. The nation had gotten uh, so far away from God and God raises up a man. Let me tell you something about God. But the Bible says when evil would move in like a flood, God will raise a standard against it. And God is raising a standard in a man named Elijah. Hey, Elijah is God's man. I Listen to me. I'm glad that God has always got a man. I'm glad no matter how dark it gets, God's got a man. I'm glad that no matter how far a nation falls into sin, God has always got somebody that will give out some light. Praise God. I don't care which nation it is. It might be the nation of Russia. It might be the nation of China or India. But listen, there God will give light where people desire light. 
And God's given this nation some a light. Uh, hey, God's always got a man. When you review the previous chapters, you find that the political scene in Israel had gotten evil. This nation had stooped to where its president or its leader, its king, was Ahab. Ahab was one of the most wicked kings in the Bible. And Ahab, not only was he wicked, the Bible says above all things that he married a woman, her name was Jezebel. Now we're going to be preaching on her Wednesday night, tie that into this message, so you don't want to miss that. Be with us Wednesday night. But he married this evil woman named Jezebel. They had corrupted the leadership of the nation. They had moved the nation away from the worship of Jehovah God. They had moved that nation into Baal worship. Temples of Baals were springing up all over the land. And Jezebel was the ring leader of corrupting that nation. Listen, you know what God's going to do? He's going to raise up an Elijah. Thank God for men who will answer God's call. When it gets wicked, they'll rise up. When it gets sinful, they'll rise up. Hey, they're brazen enough with the power of God to stand up and let the nation know when it's gone wrong. Amen. Thank God for that. So Israel had become such a corrupt place, God was about to shake that nation to the core. You say, preacher, does God do that? Yes, he does. He does it because he loves it. You said, preacher, you, you just said a few minutes ago that God was about to shake that nation with this drought and with this man of God, that God was about to shake that nation because it was corrupt. You're right. But he still does it because he loves it. Let me tell you something about the love of God. God, When God loves something, he hates to see it corrupted. If you're God's child, if you know Christ as your Savior, God hates to see corruption get in your life. He knows that it will be detrimental and destructive. It'll bring on depression. Hey, God hates to see corruption in our life because he loves us. He hates to see a nation fall into the clutches of the devil. He hates to see a person fall into the clutches of the devil. So he sends Elijah with correction. Make sure you understand this morning that the Bible says that if God loves you, he will send correction into your life. If God does not correct you when you do wrong, say wrong, act wrong, get outside of his will. If God does not correct you, you are not his child. On the basis of the word of God, he will send discipline. Let me just go one step further and say this. If you're not disciplining your children, you're not in the will of God. If you're not helping to discipline your grandchildren, you're not in the will of God. Amen. Listen, the Bible says about God, my son, despise not, Proverbs chapter number three, despise not the chastening of the Lord. You know what that is? That's when the Lord's spanking you, whipping you. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Amen. Amen, preacher. I ain't gonna quit preaching that. Oh, you say, but I can't whip my child. I just can't stand to see him cry. Oh, no. You know what you are? You're a narcissist. If you loved that child, you'd whip them for their benefit. The reason you're not disciplining them is because you can't stand it. 
You love yourself too much. I'm hitting it right on the head, parents. If you didn't love yourself so much, you'd love them more and you'd correct them. Amen. If you don't correct them now, the police officer will correct them when they're 18. If you don't correct them now, the juvenile delinquent will correct them when they're about 12 or 13. Amen. I know Christian people, parents and grandparents who raise heathens, friend. Amen. I'm telling you something. I don't know. I, boy, I don't even know how I got on this. That's bad when you dedicate all these youngins and then start preaching like this. Huh. I'm going to tell you something. We started disciplining our children. Everybody said, take them little pretty things off. Don't leave them little pretty things on the table. They'll break them. You know what we did? We left them little pretty things on the table, and when they reached for them, about, say, about six months old, we'd smack the back of that hand saying, ah, ah. Six months old, our kids knew what ah, ah meant. Yes, sir. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. When they're 16, they still know what ah, ah means. Yes, sir. Praise God. Well, I'm done with that. Let's move on. All right. Hey, listen. Let me just say this before we move on. God loves you too much to let you wallow around in sin. Amen. Amen. So in verse number one, we have a drought. We have a drought. The question is asked today, is God behind the shaking of Israel? Yes. But we need to ask that question in America, is God going to let America be shaken? I believe he is. With all of my heart, I believe that God is about to allow this country to be shaken like it's never been shaken before. We've come through a revolutionary war. We came through a civil war that about stole the heart and soul of America. We've come through the Spanish-American War. We have went through World War I and World War II and Korea and Vietnam and the Middle East Wars. Hey, our country has seen drought and the Dust Bowl. We've seen Great Depression. America has faced crisis after crisis, catastrophe after catastrophe, and we've made it through. But you hear me, friend. We're to the point now I believe our nation's about to be shook like it's never been shook before. I believe that. Oh, listen, we're about to face our most challenging times. Oh, but I hear the liberals now. Oh, amen, I preach on liberalism. Amen. The uh, only person, only liberal God loves is a liberal giver. That's what the word says. Amen. And, hey, I can hear the liberals now. Oh, you don't realize our technology, what we're capable of. Yeah, you don't realize how big God is. Amen. Oh, you don't realize our science and the size of our economy and our advancement in science and our technology. You don't, yeah, let me tell you something. You're still tied to a hill of taters right out there. Amen. Hey, man. You're still tied to the green beans that come up out of the ground. You, can have, you can't eat technology. And Elijah steps out. Man, I feel the spirit of God. Elijah steps out and he says, hey, going to be no rain. Oh, my. <laughs> you say, would God, let me tell you something. I don't care how far advanced we get, we can still fall. I don't care how far advanced you get, you can still fall and God can still bring you down. And me too. And my daddy used to have a saying. Now, my daddy died when I was 15, and I can still remember his sayings. And he said, I don't know how I'm going back here, but I am. He said, you're getting too big for your britches. Amen. And the next thing I got was that old blue belt in the 
in the closet. And the next time he said, you're getting too big for your britches, I knew what he meant. Pride. Arrogance. Amen, preacher. That old, that old, listen. America's eat up with pride. We're proud of our sin. My goodness. It ain't no one. Listen, we can fall. Amen. Let me tell you something. I, I still believe. You're not going to convince me of anything. I still believe that God loves America. If he didn't, how did we get this far? I mean, if God didn't love America, he'd have took us out about 1980. <laughs> if God didn't love America, we'd already been. Hey, I still believe that God loves America. I still believe that God wants to send revival to this nation. Amen. I'm seeing an awakening as I traveled over across the country here just recently. I see an awakening of the spirit of the living God. I say praise God for it. I want to get on board with it. I want a little piece of that, praise God. But anyway, I believe God loves America. But he's going to, but listen, Elijah steps out here in verse 1 and says this nation needs correction. I'm going to tell you something. Our nation needs correcting when we've got drag queens teaching kids in school. Amen. Our nation needs correcting when there's transgenders. Hey, listen, they put a transgender on a Bud Light. And all these beer drinkers rebelled against it. <laughs> Let me tell you something about beer drinking. That's immoral too. Amen. I mean, I'm glad you, you bunch of you bunch of li, uh, backslid. Let me just say it like it. I'm glad you bunch of backslid beer drinkers finally took a stand to get something. But you need, <laughs> Amen. But you need to get on out and quit that old carnal drinking. Amen, preacher. You need to get out of sin and out of that carnal stuff and get right with God. You'll hate all sin, including that bud that's in your hand. Amen. Glory. I feel pretty good. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Uh, listen. Our nation. Here, Elijah steps out and says, verse 1, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be doing no rain these years, but according to my word. Let me tell you something. A drought will hurt your economy. A drought will hurt your nation. It'll be a hardship, a crisis, a catastrophe. And the strange thing here is, you know what the country did? They blamed Elijah. They blamed Elijah. It wasn't Elijah's fault. It was their sin. They'll blame the man of God. They'll blame the church. Hey, we had that shooting down there at New Covenant in Nashville at that Presbyterian school. That transgender went in there and shot that place up and they blamed the church for teaching against that stuff. That's wicked. That's wicked as hell. Amen. Hey, the strange thing here is they blamed Elijah. They blamed the church for teaching moral standards and godly principles. We blame God for our problems when all the time we're the problem. Amen. Yes, sir, preacher. And here in Scripture, the nation's going to blame Elijah. Now look at verse number two. I got to hurry. The Bible says in verse number two, and the word of the Lord came unto him. Let me tell you something, friend. If you got problems, the best thing you can do is let the word of God come to you. Amen. Yes, sir. If you're in sin, the best thing you can do is just let the word of God come. I'm not talking about the preacher or the Baptist church or the doctrines and all this stuff. I'm talking about the word of God. When the word of God comes to you and gets in you, it'll make a change. The best thing, I'm going to repeat what I just said. In a time of trouble, the best thing you can do is let the word of God in. 
It'll help you. When it's dry, let the Word of God in. When it looks bad, let the Word of God in. When they're blaming you, let the Word of God in. Hey, the Word of God will cheer you. It'll give you hope. It'll get you out of sin. It'll give you direction for life. I'm grateful this morning for the precious Word of God. <laughs> oh, my how often I've opened this book, felt so alone, felt depressed, felt like nobody cared, and I open this, sometimes I open it, and it's so-and-so begets so-and-so and so-and-so begets. I said, Lord, I ain't getting no help there. And I get over there in about John or First John, and I find that God loves me, that God died for me on the cross of Calvary. Hey, I feel a little bit of love from God. I feel a little bit of forgiveness from heaven. Next thing you know, it ain't as bad as I thought it was. Praise God for his word. Hey, and the Bible says the word of God is about to give Elijah some direction. Now, let me tell you something about the direction of God. He'll give you divine direction if you want it. Now, if you want to live carnal and fleshly and go your own way and do your own thing, God ain't going to beat you over the head and do nothing to you except chastise you if you're his child. But if you want his direction, he'll lead you. He'll guide you. Look at verse number three, the word of God. Verse two, and the word of God came unto him saying, what did God say? Get thee hence. I want you to underline them three words. I'm gonna preach here for just a few minutes. The Bible says, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. God's gonna send Elijah to a hiding place, the brook Cherith. But you know what Elijah's gonna have to do? He's gonna have to get thee hence. Now let me tell you something. Before you can drink of the brook Cherith, you're going to have to get out of some things. Elijah would have never drunk of that brook if he'd have stayed down there with that old wicked Ahab and Jezebel, amen, preacher. He'd have never got it. He, God says, get out of here. Let me tell you something. I'm just going to preach to you this morning. If you're going through a tough time, it might be the chastisement of God on your life. You know what you need to do? Get out of that sin. Get out of that sin. If you Listen to me. If you get out of that sin, God will lift his chastening hand off of you. Amen. Hey, listen. He can chastise you with one hand and bless you with the other. Amen. And he'll raise one. Hey, listen. God will say no more chastening. It's time to turn the blessing on. They repented. Hey, it's time to turn this thing around. Hey, that's exactly how God works. Hey, get thee hence. If you're going through a tough time, the Bible says get out of there. Get out of that sinful situation. Get out of that sinful relationship. Maybe the reason God's touching your life with some bad things, he wants you out of a certain relationship. He wants you out of a certain circle of friends. Amen, preacher. He's what he says, Elijah, get thee hence. Don't you hang around there down there where they're worshiping Baal. You get out of there. Get out of that sinful situation. Get away from Ahab. Get out of the drought. I've got some living waters. I've the main title of the message, I didn't even give it to you. It's there's still a brook. And God is saying to Elijah, I've still got a brook. I've got a place, Elijah, where you can go and you can get some fresh water. I've got a place when the drought hits the nation, you can get a cool drink. I've got a place of blessing, Elijah, when everything looks bad, you can get to. Let me tell you something about God this morning. He's still got a brook. God still has a brook. A brook is a symbol of fresh water. 
A place where you don't have to fear to get a drink. Praise God. I, there ain't nothing like fresh water. Boy, they's, I've got a pond down there on the farm, on the lower part of the farm, and there's a spring above that pond, and out of that spring, there's a little old black pipe that sticks out of the bank and flows into the pond. And when I'm out there on the farm, and I get sweaty, and I'm hot, and I've been burning brush, I run, and I, I've got a bottle hid. A water bottle. Amen. I've got a cinder block down there with a rock on top of it, and I get that old empty water bottle out there and run it. Under. Oh, you talking about good Lord. I'm thirsty. I don't know about y'all. Man, that's a good drink of water. Hey, let me tell you something about God. God's got you a good drink of water if you need it. Are you tired of drinking? I get so tired of drinking out of the cesspool of the news. Lord have mercy. I get so tired of drinking out of the cesspool of Nashville and all that junk they put out. Amen, Amen preacher. I get so tired of drinking out of the cesspool of Hollywood. They don't put out nothing but devil stuff anymore. Boy, I like a good cool drink of water. When God says, come unto me, Jesus said, I am the water of life. Uh, let him come, he that is a thirst, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. You need your spirit renewed, you need to get to Jesus. You need your life refreshed, you need to get to Jesus. Get out of that worldly stuff and get you a good water bottle full of Jesus. Amen. There's, let me tell you something. God's still got a brook. God's still got a hiding place. Christian, God's still got a place where you can go and feel the Spirit of God and have the touch of God on your life. I'd rather have the touch of God on my life like I feel this morning than anything in any other bottle. Praise God. Yes, sir. Oh, my. I'm glad I've still got another bottle here. Amen. Praise God. There is a moonshine bottle up there that the guy left it before me. And there's about that much left in it. Now, I didn't drink the rest of it. He did. <laughs> and I've owned that place for years. And every once in a while, I'll go by there and just twist that top off. Oh, that stuff. I don't know how anybody could drink that stuff. It's rotten. Amen. It'll rot your gut, it'll rot your mind, it'll rot your life. And I'll put that lid back on, I'll just put it right there at that old tree, and the old lid's rusty and everything. I'll say, thank you, Jesus, I don't need that stuff. Amen. Amen, praise God. God's still got a brook. God's still got a place where you can get a drink. Let me tell you something about our church. This place ought to be a place where you can get a drink of water. I ain't talking about the preaching. I'm talking about our church ought to be a refreshing place. That ought to be a place to come. I like our spirit. I'm just going to be honest with you. You say it's because you're the pastor. I'm prejudiced over this place. Hey, we got a good spirit. I mean, if you can't feel the spirit of God here, something's wrong with you. If you can't feel the love of God here, something's wrong with you. We... we I hate to use this term, but we got a good culture here. Hey, if you're depressed, you ought to be able to come in this church and somebody get, somebody spot it and give you an, an encouraging word. I'm still not talking about the pulpit. Sometimes the pulpit ain't nothing but hell and brimstone. Amen. I'm talking about somebody who's downtrodden or discouraged, needs something. Hey, 
We ought to spot that in our brothers and sisters and lift them up. Amen. This place ought to be a brook. God's, still, God's got a brook out here on Gross's Creek. Now I ain't talking about the creek it flows. We ought to have a brook. We ought to have a refreshing place. I'm glad this morning I've already been to the brook. Amen. His name is Jesus. I'm glad I've been to his brook. Amen. Let me tell you something about that. Just like that old, just like that old spring down there at the pond. I don't have to worry about it being corrupt. I don't have to be worried about it being a sewer pipe. I don't have to, boy, when I run that old bottle under there, I even give the dog a drink out of it. Praise God. It's good stuff. I don't have to worry this morning about the Word of God. I don't have to worry about the pastor giving me a bunch of junk from the pulpit. I get a good drink of water. Boy, it's water to a thirsty soul. Amen. Jesus said, he that is thirsty, let him come and drink of the fountain of the water of life. Jesus said, blessed is he that hungers and thirsteth after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hey, get to Grosses Creek and get you a good drink of water. Praise Amen. God. Yes, sir. Whew. Ain't nothing like water. I got to close the message. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing like water. I told Lisa this week, I said, do you realize when we go to the, our well's 327 feet deep that goes to our house. And I had that water tested. They told us it was one, some of the purest water they've ever tested. I said, wow. I'm glad that it's, listen, water, it's free. It's abundant. It's low calorie. It has no sodium. I got... When our house burnt, I started drinking. I thought, I'm going to drink Gatorades. I got me some Gatorade. I drank it in the morning. I drank it in the middle of the day. And I drank it in the evening. Next thing you know, my blood pressure's sky high. And I didn't know why. I mean, I went to the dentist. And the dentist said, we can't work on you. He said, you're, you're the borderline of us not working. I said, why? He said, you're, I said, I've never had blood pressure problems. She said, it's sky high. I said, ah, something wrong with that. I went home, took my own blood pressure. I got a blood pressure. It was out the roof. You know why? Gatorade's full of sodium. What do you see, preacher? Ain't nothing like water. Ain't nothing like water. Uh, body armor. That stuff tastes pretty good, but it ain't like water. Vitamin water is pretty good, but it ain't like water. Hey, let me tell you something. There's no replacement for Jesus. The water of life. Don't give me a counterfeit water. I want Jesus. Amen. I don't want it flavored. Listen, we think, we think like Gatorade. We got to put a little flavoring in it. We got to make it a little exciting. Hey, just give me water. Amen. I just, I just want to get in the book. Just give me some good old truth. I'm tired of everything else. I'm tired of it being sweetened. I'm tired of it being flavored. I'm tired of it being colored. Just give me Jesus. I'm about to get happy again. Praise God. The Lord was saying to Elijah, get out here. i got to close. He said, get over to the brook Cherith. You know what the, the, the name Cherith means? Cherith means to enwrap. Cherith means to surround. Cherith means to protect. Oh, listen, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Uh, you say, preacher, I can't get out of the world because it's where I make my living. Yeah, but if you'll get to the brook Cherith, God will guard you. 
You say, preacher, I got to do this and got to do that and this is, and I got to straighten out. Listen, let me tell you something. God said, get thee hence. That's what he said in the other verse. Wanted to get you out of here and get over yonder where I can protect you, where I can keep you, where I can surround you, where I can enwrap you and enfold you. I don't know about you, friend, but I'd rather have the protection of God as Smith and Wesson. Amen. Amen. God's got his protective hand on those who stay by the brook Cherith. The Lord was saying to Elijah, get out of here, Elijah. Watch verse number four. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I'm glad God's still got a brook. He's still got a fountain. He's still got a brook of grace. He's still got a brook of forgiveness. He's still got a brook of love. He's still got a brook where people love and where people care. He's still got a place where you can find rest and, and he can surround you and you can enjoy and feel surrounded and protected. Oh, listen, has life got you down? Get to the brook Cherith. Has life, listen, I got a call this morning. My mom's uh, brother-in-law, my uncle had died uh, and I know my aunt this morning is tore all to pieces. You know where she needs to get? She needs to get to the brook Cherith, amen. When death comes in, when destruction comes in, when sin comes in, friend, uh, you need to get to the brook Cherith. Oh, there's some water there. There's some protection there. Oh, listen, why would a thirsty person turn away from a good clean drink? I mean a good, clean, pure drink of water. <laughs> Let me tell you something about God. Despite who's in the White House, I don't care if Jezebel and Ahab's in the White House, God's still got a brook. <clears throat> that makes me happy. I don't care who's in Congress, God's still got a brook. I don't care what's in Hollywood and Nashville and on your TV. I don't care if they get on the halftime and worship the devil. God's still got a book. Amen. Glory. I knocked the clock over on that. <laughs> Praise God. God's still got a book. It's up to you to get out of where you are and get you a drink from the brook of God. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. She's going to just play right now. Song of invitation. I tell you, God's been here again. <laughs> He's been here again. I quit early so I could give a little lengthier invitation. Because some of y'all need to do business with God. You need to get out of where you are. The Bible says, get the hints. Get out of where you are, where God can bless you. The next words, I don't want you to read them. You got your eyes closed. It shall be. I promise you on the authority of the word of God, if you'll get out from under Ahab and Jezebel and get to the brook, it shall be that God will bless you. Listen. It shall be that God will forgive you. It shall be that God will give you the power to get out of the sin that you're in. Amen. I wonder if there'd be one this morning. But you don't have to raise your hand up high just in front of you so I can see it. You say, preacher, I need to, that, that hit me. God told me to get out of something I'm in. Raise up your hand. It's all right. Preacher, God told me to get out of something I was in. He said, get out of that. Get the hints. Preacher, I need more of the brook. I need more of the word of God. I need to get by the brook. Anybody? Wait. You're chicken. Amen. I'm going to be honest with God. I need it. I need more of the brook. Yes, sir. Praise God. I need less of Jezebel and Ahab. Amen. 
I need less. Amen. God bless you. I need more of the Word of God. I need more of the house of God. I need more of Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my life when I mow my yard. I want Jesus in my life when I eat my eggs. I want Jesus in my life when I go home. Amen. Bless you. Hey, I want Jesus in my life so much that when I go to church, I feel Him. Hey, when I get up in the morning, I feel Him. When I take a shower, I feel Him. I want Jesus in my life because when I turn my radio on, it's going to be something hopeful and, and, and something full of glory. Hey, I want Jesus in my job. I want Jesus in my home. I want Jesus. Here's what you need to do. You need to get out of there. Get on this altar and take it to the brook. Amen. There's a brook of forgiveness this morning. There's a brook of love. There's a brook of encouragement. Hey, all you need to do this morning is run to the brook. God gave Elijah grace. God gave Elijah guardians. God gave Elijah goods. God gave Elijah godliness. I'd run to the brook this morning. I'm going to close the message. So you need to come. Altar's open. If I had fear this morning, I'd get to the brook. If I had anxiety, I'd get to the brook. If I had a lost loved one that needed to be saved, I'd get to the brook. God still has a brook. Amen. I'm going to say that again. And if everybody don't say amen, I'm going to back up and preach 10 more minutes. Here we go. God still has a brook. Amen. amen. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we close this message this morning, Lord, in this service time together, Lord, again, we just want to thank you for being in our presence today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word, Lord, and I just pray it would penetrate our hearts and lives, Lord. And again, we would just find our place in the message this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray if there be one here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, they've not experienced the forgiveness and the life that they can have in Christ, Lord, that they wouldn't leave this place until they get that settled, Lord. And I thank you for opportunity after opportunity you give us, not only to come to know you as our personal Lord and Savior, but to commit ourselves to you, Lord, to live more of what you'd have us to be, Lord. But Lord, let us not be mistaken that there'll be a time that it'd be too late to have had that opportunity to accept you as our personal Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation, Lord, and I just pray if there be one here again that doesn't know you, that you would arrest their spirit, draw them unto yourself, Lord, allow them to take myself or Brother George or someone here in the church, Lord, so we can show them how they can be saved today. Now, Lord, bless us as we go our separate ways, Lord. May we leave this place with a smile on our face, Lord, and just say that it's been good to be in your house today, Lord. Give us a desire to be back in your house on the next appointed time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.